Thank you for your attention, and we hope you enjoy your flight. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. On this episode of Back Alley Banter, we chat about self-care. Is it selfish or is it necessary? Is self-care the same for everyone? Does it have to be lavish and over-the-top, treat-yourself type things? Or can it be the simple things? Get comfortable as we have yet another conversation about the taboo, mainstream, and everything in between. Kat and I are inviting you to sit back, relax, and love yourself. It sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> I love it. Yourself. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Kind Bar. What a perfect sponsor for an episode on self-care. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new and healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry and empower their community, as well as our listeners to make better, more informed choices about health. Kindness is a transformative force for good. That is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% off. Or 15% off for military personnel, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. All right. Well, this is something, you know, self-care. I think it's really important right now um, because we are going through this pandemic that seems to be lasting forever and we're in Groundhog Day. And I think that self-care is incredibly important. And so we're going to discuss how we show self-care. And we wonder, is it selfish? Is it lavish? Is it the same day to day? And other things. So let's start off on how do we show self-care to ourselves? It differs for everyone. I think we think of self-care as being things like getting a massage, getting a manicure, getting a pedicure, getting your hair done, having a bubble bath. And it doesn't always have to be spending money. It can be as simple as what we did a couple of weeks ago, where we took a mental health break. And for me, it's as simple as connecting with nature. And I'd be interested to hear too from any listeners out there what their self-care is, what their go-to is for self-care. What had sparked the inspiration for this was something I had seen, I believe it was on Instagram, but I just pulled it up on Pinterest. And it's what's your self-love language? So if your love language is physical touch, you want to do things that make your body feel good and focus on your mental physical well-being. Sorry. So those include massages, soft blankets, body movements, bodies, skincare, long showers. If yours are acts of service, doing things for yourself that make you feel good or make life easier. Therapy, cleaning, delegating, organizing, scheduling. And what category is that for? It's for acts of service, um, receiving gifts, treating yourself to gifts that make you happy, crafting supplies, going out, makeup, clothes, little gifts, or investing in yourself, quality time, spending alone time, hobbies, and doing things that you love, meditation, relaxing, reading, dates, and time on hobbies and creativity, words of affirmation, giving yourself pep talks and encouraging yourself, positive self-talk, daily affirmations, journaling, and self-improvement. Yeah, those are great examples. And I don't feel like self-care is ever lavish when somebody's doing it for mental health. No, and I, I just mean, I don't mean lavish as in like it's spending that you shouldn't be doing. That's not what I mean. For some people, self-love is buying that Birkenbag. If you can afford to buy the Birkenbag, buy the goddamn Birkenbag. I don't care. 
I'm just saying it doesn't have to be. So for people that are thinking, I can't afford a Birkin bag, you don't have to. You just find a way that works for you. It's For me, it's as simple as being in nature. I know I need to be around water or in fresh air. I love the fact that therapy is now becoming more and more accepted and discussed. And people aren't, um, they don't hold their cards close to their chest now these days, more so than in the past. It was almost like an embarrassment or sort of something that was hidden for them. Yeah, and now people own up to it. Yeah, but now people are very open about um, going to therapy. And I don't know when that shift happened, and I'm glad it's happened, but I was never embarrassed about being in therapy. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure where that shift has happened, but I'm glad it has. I would like to see it happen a little bit more with men. Yes, and definitely certain types of men as well, or mm-hmm. certain professions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the fact that um, therapy, it does make you stronger, but there was this old school belief that it's you've got to be strong, you don't need help. And I can even say that I think it was back even in my parents' generation where that was something that was not talked about or it wasn't as mainstream as well as meds, medications as well. It wasn't as mainstream to talk about or I don't need meds. I don't want to do that. You did counseling um, for your parents and my parents' generation. It was required before you got married. But other than that, there really wasn't counseling Mm -hmm. unless there was a problem. Like you yes. had a problem child or you had a problem in your marriage or something like that. That was the last resort before divorce. Yes. As opposed to it being a proactive approach where it, it should be something that's instilled into your life regularly. I'm not saying every day, but regularly instilled into your life as a proactive approach, as opposed to having to do something and act as a bandaid or something. I need to deal with these scars. Yeah. And I mean, there is an element of that that is therapeutic as well, because you don't always know what the problem is at the time. But one of the things I admire about Cabell and Dax Shepard's relationship is that they are so vocal about the fact that they, after however many years together, they do couples counseling or couples therapy or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, I think it's great. It was amazing for my husband and I. And there's a difference because the marriage counseling that we were required to do in order to be married in our our marriage recognized in our church, it was mandatory that we had to do the marriage counseling. But what I can say to you that that I didn't feel like it was professional counseling. In a sense, we looked at each other and we were like, have they even changed the guideline and the template for this in the last 40 years? Because literally there was a module where it was the wife is there to please her husband and care for him. That's not the type of therapy or the marriage counseling I'm talking about. But we did do the post after marriage and just throughout our relationship for a healthy understanding of who we each are. Not to mention, of course, I was going through some traumatic things in my life that my husband has never had any experience in and he needed or wanted to understand those things. But that marriage counseling throughout our relationship has been incredible. I look at therapy like vehicle maintenance. Our bodies, our minds in particular, our computers, much like our vehicles are, And you wouldn't let your car go more than X number of kilometers or miles without getting an oil change or tune-up. So why Mm -hmm. are you letting your body do the same thing? Your mind. Your body and your mind. You go to the doctor annually for your annual physical. You're taking your car in every 5,000 to 8,000 kilometers, depending on why are you not doing the same thing for your mind and soul? And I believe that people are starting to realize that and recognize it. If we don't take care of ourselves, we're no good to anybody else. And it can be a slippery slope too, if you're not taking care of yourself, which I can attest to from the last few years. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because going back to how you take care of yourself, mine has always, always been exercise. But if there is a point in my life where I'm numbing or I'm shutting off, it's like I I don't feel like I am worthy of taking care of myself because mm-hmm. I go into this spiral. Therefore, one of the first things that drop off is my exercise. However, for exercise, I believe in my case, it is just as important for my brain as mm-hmm. it is my body. And a lot of people work out because they're trying to gain something physically, right? Like healthy, they want to keep healthy or they have a competition or a race coming up. And that was something that I never really understood that it's not just physical, right? I, it's always been- For me, it's it's more the endorphins. I mean, the physical benefits are definitely an added bonus, but I get so caught up on the physical and the numbers on the scale and that sort of thing that it's a double-edged sword for me. So I get so focused and so discouraged by the numbers on the scale not moving or the inches not changing or whatever, that I get defeated. And then it Mm -hmm. becomes no good for my mental health. But I know that exercise is good for my mental health because it creates endorphins and serotonin and dopamine. And Mm -hmm. when you're exercising, you're sleeping better, you're eating better, like everything is better, Mm -hmm. which makes it easier to stay on track with the other self-care things. I wouldn't deprive my body of insulin if I needed it. So why am I depriving my body of a chemical that can help balance my brain chemistry? That's right. A good philosophy that a friend of mine who's extremely fit, but we were all talking, I've got a circle of girlfriends that we, when COVID's not occurring and the pandemic's not occurring, we meet three to five times a week at our little boutique gym. And we always meet beforehand so we can um, sort of have a gaggle powwow And then sometimes afterward, we'll go for coffee or to a cafe and hang out. One of the really cool things that she had brought up was, it's just like anything else. It's like brushing my teeth. It's like taking a shower for the day. Mm -hmm. After I commit myself, I don't even think about it. It's just part of my daily routine is getting here to the studio and doing it. And I don't even think about it anymore. And it's for something that I related it to was, yeah, I agreed with that 100%, that it just becomes a part of your everyday schedule. It's not like you go for four months without showering. It's it's just a part of your everyday schedule. But the way that I related it to was saying that I, I never, ever, ever look at numbers. I do it like she was saying as just part of my daily routine. Mm -hmm. I don't weigh myself. I don't look at my inches. I don't look at any numbers. Mm -hmm. I just show up and I do it. I find that if I just show up and I do it, it's overall within three, four, five months after I've fallen off the wagon, three, four, five months, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I've completely changed my state of mind. Mm -hmm. My body is super healthy. All of a sudden my clothes are starting to get a little bit looser or fit better and it just sort of happens. And that's what works for me is that I never focus on any numbers, but that's what works for me. And that's just what we're saying is that everything is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And what works for you isn't going to work for me, isn't going to work for your husband, isn't going to work for Bobby or Kaya or anybody else. Mm -hmm. We're all unique individuals and we're all doing things the best we can for ourselves. Well, and you have to find what works for you. It's just the same as going to therapy and finding a therapist Mm -hmm. and not every therapist works for you, right? Definitely had some duds. That's for sure. Me too. And I remember a girlfriend way back who I haven't talked to in years, she and her husband would go to proactive, well, she thought it was proactive marriage counseling. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they stopped going after about six months. And I said, well, well, why did you stop going? And she said, because every time we go to this therapist, all we do is discuss how I'm the problem. And she said, so it's not working for me. No. 
But clearly it was that therapist that wasn't working for what they needed in their marriage. Of course. Yeah. Like you have to find the person that works for you. Yes. And I feel like a therapist who's saying that one person is the problem is not worth their salt as the therapist. Well, and this could have been the way that she interpreted it as well. She was fair. Yeah. Yeah. She was definitely one of those people. And I don't think she realized it, but she thrived on negativity. There was always no matter, but that's the way that she operated and lived her entire life. And it wasn't depressing. It was almost like sarcastic or facetious. So if you gave her a million dollars, she'd be like, great. Now I have to pay taxes on this. Yes. And okay. I understand that sort of humor and that sort of that some that's but how some it would people be serious. cope. Like it would just be, yeah, yes. And that's how some people cope. But it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I need a little bit of sunshine in my day and in my relationships and my friendships. And when it comes to so this whole pandemic thing, everybody mm-hmm. deals with it differently, right? Yep. So when it comes to isolation um, or being around lots of people, I feel like it's going to flip a little bit because I'm not good in really, really big crowds, even mm-hmm. though I'm a very social human being. Years ago, I remember going to Daytona 500 and literally... Oh, that just gave me anxiety, just you saying. Yeah. And it was... Walking in was fine because everyone arrives at certain times. You have your tailgate parties and whatnot in certain parking lots. Walking in was fine. It was walking out once the event is over and you have these thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all walking out to find their vehicles. And I genuinely had a hard time breathing. I had to hold on to my friend, like put my hand on my friend's shoulder, walk behind her and just look down at her the back of her shoes Mm -hmm. and follow her because I felt like I couldn't breathe. And that's how I feel anytime I go to the big summer events here or any hockey or baseball or it's not my Mm -hmm. team. But I, I, I don't mind crowds. It's just that type of intensity and how compacted it is because I'm a very social person. I love human interaction. I need it. different than being extroverted. That's just, it's like cattle to slaughter. (laughs) There's there's no control there. Yes. The very different, the pushing and the shoving and the, I'm more important than you are. If you Mm -hmm. ever want to see the most unchristian behavior, sit in a church parking lot at 12.01 on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's a really Some good point. Of the most unchristian behavior I've ever seen in my life has been in church parking lots after a service. Yes. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, when the pandemic hit and isolation started to occur, I'm not used to being at home. I'm not used to being quiet in a sense of I'm always, always moving, always having to do something, always overextending myself. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know what to do with myself if I'm sitting still in a sense, or I don't have something on the schedule I'm trying to catch up with. So when the lockdown happened, I almost enjoyed it, not the lockdown and for what everybody was going through, but the fact that I had no excuse and I didn't have any guilt about being at home. And of course, I was homeschooling kiddo. So different for me, whereas there are some people within a week, they were like, I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And right? that was me. That was me. Mm-hmm. But the other difference between us is that I'm isolating by myself, mm-hmm. whereas you're isolating with people that you tolerate. <laughs> yes. Love most of the time, tolerate sometimes. <laughs> Lately, we've been tolerating each other. Yes. Um, and that's different too. So, of course, your self-care right now in in lockdown is probably different than it was in March, would you say? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, April, you were still, it was still a nice treat almost to be home every day with your family and, mm-hmm. and now you're wanting to 
throttle them some days. <laughs> and now my self-care is threatening that I'm going to come and move in with you yeah, for the weekend. Exactly. And it's not because in a sense, idle, happily idle. It's because there are two other personalities and human beings that have their own way of dealing with this as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the same way as mine. No. Right. And their self-care is very different than yours is too. Yeah, because my self-care is those acts of service and cleaning. But would you say that's your self-care or is that your way of showing love to the others? Both. Okay. So you need Mm -hmm. order and okay. Oh my God. Yes. I need order because of the chaos that had been in my mind and that I held so privately for my entire life. So that, that is the way that I controlled my environment Mm-hmm. was order. And some of that's nature versus nurture as well. That's just the way you were brought up versus the way your husband oh, was brought up too. Yes, 100%, which we discussed because you go to my mom and dad's house, you go there, everything has a place. My mom and dad have one of those grandparents' houses where you walk in and there's always this beautiful either baking smell or clean smell mm-hmm. in the house. Everything has its place. It's always completely temperature controlled. You take if the remote out. is askew, it's it's quickly put back into place. Yes, but mm-hmm. not with intensity that you no. feel uncomfortable. No. It's just a very comfortable, orderly, clean, yeah. inviting environment. Mm-hmm. And then my husband, it's love in chaos. Mm-hmm. It's chaotic love. That's I mean, where they thrive. Have, yep. They thrive. And it was something that took me a really long time. I was discussing with you to understand about my husband. It wasn't just him. It's just that's the way. It's not important to them to have order. It's important to, for them to have a quality time. Yep. And it doesn't I, matter. I wonder if that has something to do with larger families. Because mm-hmm. it was just you and your brother. Mm-hmm. growing up. And there were four of us in my family. And it's hard, just observationally, this is something I've noticed, that it has to be hard as a parent, especially when you've got the wide range of ages that there were in my family. So mm-hmm. How do you have order in your house and everything having a spot when A, there's that many people in the house mm-hmm. and you meet it, but B, when there's that many people in the house and it's a traditional, quote unquote, home where dad is out working, mom is stay at home. And it wasn't uncommon to hear, you wait till your father gets home kind of thing. Right. It has to be exhausting to try and stay on top of your mittens go in this bin and please don't. Oh my gosh. It has to be exhausting. It has to be. I, I would imagine so. I believe that you would either have to rule with an iron fist and have that sort of intensity of discipline mm-hmm. and order Very in your militant. life. Yes, very militant, or you just have to let that go because that's not what's important right now. And And that's what I see my sisters-in-law who all have multiple children except for one other one, right? Mm -hmm. One other sister-in-law. The rest of them all have multiple children and busy, busy families and busy households. They've let that go because that's not what's important, which doesn't mean like whenever we go over their home, they're neat neat and orderly. Yes. It's just there's more. They're lived in. Yes. Lived in. So last week I went back to my clean eating. And no negotiation whatsoever. So I'm back to my clean eating. So I did that for a couple of days. And then after that, I was completely, absolutely no cocktails. And then, of course, my regular working out, I'm doing the home workouts, right? Which I got back on. And then this week, I went and got my, I had my hair done because hair salons are open now. I know, like I started to get into that groove, which is so not the way that I am. I started to get into the groove like, yeah, I'm at home. I can just tie my hair up and not have to worry about it. That's not me. 
I tried it and I was not happy at all about it. It's mm-hmm. just not my thing. Nope. And I says, yeah, I went and had my hair done. I went and had my nails done. I went and had a pedicure when all the things opened. That is self-care to me. I feel so much better. I went and had a spray tan. And then my husband went, wait a minute, the skincare boutiques are open? And I said, well, yeah, I could go for red light therapy and a spray tan. And my husband's like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in for red light therapy. That is self-care. And we as North Americans, specifically Canadians, don't get enough vitamin D. And there's a reason vitamin D is called the happy vitamin. We need it. It is so important to our mental health. And we mm-hmm. just don't get it in Canada specifically, but North America in general, because we're down to how many hours of daylight? Eight, let's say eight hours of daylight, sun up to sundown, mm-hmm. eight, eight and a half hours. And it is cold as, a, what did you say the other day? Cold as a witch's tit. <laughs> yeah, I said cold as a witch's tit. It's been cold as bleep out here. And when you're bundled up so that your eyelids don't freeze, so red light therapy, I am all on board for. So therapeutic. This is something that I'm doing as a self-care, self-love thing. And some people may see it as lavish or over the top or unnecessary, but it started with linens and I'm slowly in the process of starting to replace linens. I haven't bought new linens really since I moved into this place. I've been here for almost six years. So it's time. (laughs) But a lot of them I've had since I moved out initially. So some of my towels have been kicking around for 20 some odd years. Wow. And they need to be replaced. I've stripped them and they're just not soft and fluffy anymore at all. And it's okay to do that. I think that linens, brand new linens or fresh fresh Beautiful linens are a huge thing for self-care. Be kind to yourself is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Yes, be kind. That is self-care right there. Being kind to yourself, having a gentle conversation. Um, As I'm scrolling through Pinterest, I'm just seeing something. Are scents self-care for you? Yes, they are. Absolutely. You fragrances sense is what you're talking about? Yes. I'm big on fragrances when it comes to comfort and relaxation. I'm not into lavender like everybody suggests. Yeah. Fragrance is a big thing. I actually used quite a few the other day before I went to work because I was having such a rough time at work and they actually helped. Placebo effect? I don't know. Honestly, it's what you relate to comfort, right? Yep. Mine has always been warm vanilla sugar or like a warm, soft vanilla scent. And I remember even an ex telling me, you know, years later, whenever he had smelled vanilla, Mm -hmm. it reminded him of me because I always had like a scented vanilla candle, let's say in his kitchen, and I wear the warm vanilla sugar body lotion. My husband hates the smell of vanilla, which is quite funny. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's my scent. I don't diffuse it in the house, but I use it for body care. And it's something that I associate with comfort. And then there were a bunch of friends. We were out. This is before husband and I were together. And we were out um, having drinks. And I think I had put some hand lotion on or something. And there were a couple of our male friends, not boyfriends or anything, just male friends sitting at the table with us. And one of them had said, the music was really loud in the background. And one of them had said, oh my gosh, what is that smell? And so everyone was sort of sniffing, going, yeah, that's such a good smell. And I said, oh, men always love the smell of baking. But the music was so loud that they thought that I said bacon. And they were like, yeah, you're so right. We do love the smell of bacon. And then I was like, I don't smell like bacon, do I? (laughs) It was just that baking smell, right? It's just so comforting for a lot of people. 
So I think that's great. I think that we touched on a bunch of stuff with self-care, right? Different things when it comes to activities, uh, fragrances, mental health, mm-hmm. what makes us feel good and feel ourselves. I think that's really important. Do you ever meditate? For- I do meditation apps, but being mm-hmm. a yogi instructor... Mm-hmm. It's not your- oddly enough because I mean I instruct it and it's second nature almost for you. you yes, know? yeah, but I do meditation apps for sure. There's a app called Insight Timer. I N S I G H T. There's a gentleman on there called Kenneth, and I've introduced a few friends to it. When I ask them how they slept, they're like, "I slept so well with Kenneth last night." So it's a it's a running joke that we sleep better when we're sleeping with Kenneth. He has a few sleep meditations on there, and they are amazing. I usually sleep within the first thirty to sixty seconds of those. And say the name of the app again: Insight Timer. And is it free? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's available on the, your, uh, the App Store? Y- yep. Your Google Play, Apple App Store, whatever the Microsoft version is, I presume it's on there as well. Okay. There is also right now on Netflix, a program called Meditation that you can pull up. And it is actually a dialogue meditation. It has like fun little relaxing. So it's guided animation. Yes. So it has fun, relaxing sort of animation. Mm -hmm. And then it's a guided meditation. And you can literally play it on your headphones if you're laying down or on your phone and not have to watch it, or you can watch it as well. But it's really good. It's a guided meditation. And most of these are quiet. And his voice is very soothing and relaxing. It's well done. And Insight Timer, you can do both guided and independent meditation. Okay. I love it. All right. Well, speaking of self-care, Maya, I need to jet. And so do you. I know that you have a nail appointment for some self-care. I do. And on that note, we do truly appreciate all your love and support with this little passion project of ours. Please don't forget to tell your friends. You can find Back Alley Banter on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Back Alley Banter. And we're now on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can catch up with us on the interwebs at backalleybanter.com. And please rate and review at Apple Podcasts. You don't have to use Apple Podcasts to rate and review us, but we would love to hear your thoughts on Back Alley Banter, which gets us out to a wider audience and allows us to continue bringing podcasts to you. Rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is the kindest thing that you could do um, to keep us up and running, just like Maya said. We do thank you so much for sharing your day with us. We wouldn't be in our seats if you weren't in yours. We do know that you have choices in podcasts out there, and we're sure glad that you chose ours. Goodbyes are not forever. Goodbyes are not the end. It simply means... I'll miss you. Until we meet again. Be kind. Be safe. Until we meet again. And love yourself. Yes, love yourself. Thank you for your attention, and we hope to welcome you on board in the near future.